Praise God. Praise God. Also, uh, look around and the building's wonderfully decorated. And I walked in this morning and I, I said to Sister Joyce, I said, Merry Thanksgiving. And uh, her and Brother Roach and others who helped, oh, Sister Austin also uh, worked together to decorate. So we thank them for that. Also, Brother Kurt, yes. Brother Kurt Dunn's in the Sunday school class this morning uh, on the front line serving our children, but he and Brother Chris and Brother Aaron, and I don't know, is there anybody else I'm missing, have worked on this door over here, and it's in the process. We're, we're waiting on a, a few parts to come in. I believe they're supposed to come in Tuesday, and then we'll have the hardware. So uh, thank you for being so patient. Also, I want to thank everyone for all the kind words, and uh, October was uh, Pastor Appreciation Month, and, and uh, last Sunday... You were so kind to recognize me, and I appreciate that. And some gave some gifts, and I thank you for those. And I'm very contented to be here today. Praise God. I'm going to the book of Genesis, chapter 2, and verse 15. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And I'm going to preach to you this morning for a few moments. And I pray that God would help me strengthen and touch you also. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree... Of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And then I'd like to read one more verse. And while you're turning there, I want to say praise the Lord to our Belfast church as representatives that are here today. The pandemic slowed us down, but it didn't stop us. We're going to see this through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And this morning, with your help, with the anointing of God, my intention is to preach the consequence of one choice. The consequence of one choice. Would you lift up your voice and your hands to the Lord? God, I love you. I worship you, God. I'm totally dependent upon you right now, my Father. I give you praise and glory and honor. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. Oh, the consequence of one choice. Adam and Eve each made a choice. And from that one single choice, 
they became ashamed. Ashamed that they were naked. They become fearful, fearful to fall into the hands of the living God. One bad choice made them afraid of the future and regretful of the past. In vain they attempted to cover themselves with fig leaves and found it frustratingly impossible. One single choice when Adam and Eve heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day made them turn from joy and glee to panic running from the Lord as they had never done before. Before that one choice they had run to the Lord as they had always done. Now they hide themselves in fear and panic from the presence of the Lord. God among the trees of the garden. From that one bad choice, Adam and Eve and the whole human race who followed them became subject to sickness, corruption, and death. From one choice sprang funeral homes and hospitals and endless graves, wars, famines, and untold misery. One single choice, one single sad choice that has touched the lives of everyone who lives on the planet today. Yes, sir, choice has consequence. A man should give a lot of thought to a sudden decision. Well, it may seem like many of our daily choices are not that significant. It's important to understand that they do matter. Moses, the man of God, warned that our choices amount to life and death for us and for those who will follow us. Hallelujah. He said in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. Moses said it wasn't just a matter of this or that. He said it was a matter of life and death. I've lived long enough to realize that my choices are the reason I am where I am and the situations that I find myself in, either for good or for bad, are almost always the result of a choice. Praise God. Would you lift your hands with me and let's praise the Lord. And Brother Matthews, can you come to the pulpit? I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, let's give God praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him for a moment. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
I think that it's important that we understand that each choice that we make will have a consequence. Thursday, excuse me, Thursday, August 21st, 2008, had been a flurry of mismatched hiking boots and lost water bottles in the Corbett family in Seattle. It was pretty obviously, pretty obvious that they hadn't done a lot of hiking trips. Finally, by late afternoon, Joni Corbett and her son, Alex, 17, and her daughter, Haley, age 7, were joined by their neighbor, Chrissy Gelmini, and Chrissy's 14-year-old son, Ollie, and 10-year-old daughter, Marta. And they found themselves winding their way through the immense spruces and the moss green light of Denny Creek Trail, 50 miles east of Seattle in the Cascades. I don't know if Brother Patrick can put a little picture up here for me, but I have just a little clip to show you the exact area that we're talking about. And this is it right here. Go ahead, hit the play button. Thank you. Just give you a little idea of what it looked like. They hiked alongside of a creek that was running full with snow melt. It was in August, remember. The boys, Alec and Ollie, ran ahead to explore a little while, while the two girls stayed closer to their mom, skipping rocks in the water, playing with their two dogs that they had brought along. It was after a picnic lunch, and they continued hiking, and the trail grew steeper and rockier and the air chillier. As they climbed two miles from the trailhead, they stopped to admire the creek water's cascade down the 85-foot Kiwuli Falls. Kiwuli Falls. If I'm not saying that right, you probably wouldn't know it anyway. That was when they first noticed the ice field that was just above the falls that particular August. It looked like a patch about as big as a table because of the distance. As they hiked toward it, they realized that they'd found more than a patch of melting snow. It was actually a a yawning crystalline ice snow cave carved and fluted by the waters of Denny Creek and spanning the entire mouth of the 75-foot wide canyon. It was Stunning. It was absolutely beautiful. A jewel of winter glistening in the August sun. It was, it was so deep. It was so shadowy. It, and it was so cool against the, the heat of the hike and, and so enticing. The two boys, Alex 17 and Ollie 14, made the choice to step inside for a little bit. It was all echoey in there, and steam was rising off the snow, and it was hard to hear because of of the roar of the creek, and Alec and Ollie moved deeper into the maze of ice and shadows, and they saw a light ahead, and, and they saw another exit. They had to cross a little channel of the creek, under the ice and snow cave, and, and they used a stick to pole vault across the creek, the little channel. Suddenly, Cypress, 
their little beagle that had accompanied them into the cave bolted on a dead run out of the cave. And seconds later, there was a crash like, like snow falling off of a roof, but, but much louder. And outside the cave, the, the roar was deafening and the ground shook. The two mothers were horrified. Alex's mom grabbed her cell and immediately dialed 911. Operator, emergency, fire and rescue. We are on a hike, the Lake Miliqua hike. My kids are in a snow cave and it collapsed on them. Oh God, they're suffocating. No, we need a helicopter or something. It collapsed like three minutes ago. Please hurry. Oh my God, are you sending help? They're going to die. A YMCA camp group and a church group were also hiking nearby and they arrived on the scene as Joni was making the call and they all tried. They shouted the names of the boys but no answer. The boys, you see, couldn't answer because they were under tons of weight and they had to pull back and wait for help and pray. Amazingly though, under the ice, Alec was stunned but still alive. A 40 by 50 section of the cave had collapsed on top of him, shoving him, shoving him face first into the ground. And then he lay there and he heard Ollie moaning. His younger friend was pinned against a boulder nearby. Alex screamed in the darkness, Ollie! Ollie! But Ollie just kept moaning. Ollie had heard his friend though. The way he was pinned was making it really hard to breathe or talk. But he calmed down a little when he heard Alec's voice. Alec shouted encouragement, hang on, Ollie. And Ollie began calling back. They talked about their chances for rescue. They talked about their school where Alec would be a senior and Ollie a freshman. The boys were only wearing sweatpants and ski jackets, trapped by ice and lime and water. They soon felt the cold, and they were fighting fear, if you can only imagine, trapped under tons of snow and ice, dark and unable to move hardly at all. They were fighting fear and hypothermia, as well as their injuries. But Alec, a 17-year-old, was able to wiggle one hand loose and and he stretched his hand out as far as he could. And, and Ollie, the 14-year-old, he, he had one hand. He could reach out and he stretched it out too. And there in the darkness, their fingers touched. Alex stopped struggling. And the two boys held hands and they waited. God worked several miracles that day. The rescue team began digging in the ice. It was a huge area. And the guy that was directing the rescue operation... He said, I don't know why. He said, I just had a gut feeling. Dig here. And they went out on the ice field and they began to dig, not knowing they were digging right over the head of Ollie. If they had dug anywhere else, the boys would have perished. But God helped this man. He said, I just had a feeling in my gut. This is where we need to dig. Tell me, does God do miracles? They tried pickaxes and 
The ice was too thick. They, they couldn't make any progress with pickaxes. So they took chainsaws and they began to cut one foot blocks of ice, one foot thick, one foot wide, and they would pull that out and carry it off, pull another one out and carry it off. And it was slow, slow progress, cutting one by one foot blocks at a time. The boys were 10 feet down. Neither one of them had been fatally crushed, however. Another miracle. They got Ollie first. 30 minutes later and five and one half hours after the collapse, both boys were free. A helicopter airlifted Ollie and Alec to Seattle's Harborview Medical Center where doctors found that both boys had broken backs. Both suffered from hypothermia and dehydration. Both needed surgery and months of physical therapy, but both were expected to fully recover. What I'm saying is they made one choice. I think we'll step into this cave, just one choice, and it changed the direction of their future. For months they would lie in physical therapy. They would recover because of the miraculous power of God, but because of one choice. But God gave these boys a second chance because God had a greater plan. Everybody say, God has a greater plan. I feel in the Holy Ghost that I am preaching to somebody who has made a bad choice. You're either sitting in this auditorium or you're sitting somewhere and you're watching and you're listening to this message. I'm preaching to some folks who have made a, a bad choice and perhaps a, a series of bad choices. They tell us in pilot training that most accidents are the result of a series of bad choices. Not recognizing the problem, making a bad choice to continue. Something else goes wrong and making another bad choice and finally ends with an accident. I'm preaching to somebody who perhaps has made a series of bad choices, but I come today to tell you it's not over. It doesn't have to be fatal. Today, God is calling your name. Help is on the way. If you can just hold on a little bit longer, help is on the way. If you would just make the choice today to say, all right, I've made some bad choices, but now I'm going to make a good choice. I'm going to listen to the voice of the Lord. I'm going to follow the Lord my God with all of my heart. I'm going to choose life. I'm going to choose Jesus. Help is on the way. Several years ago, a boy was hunting, and I don't know why he did it, but he was just a kid, and he climbed up a tree, and he had his 22 rifle in one hand, and he climbed up the tree. And as he climbed up the tree, he must have stepped into a V where two trees came together. And being just a kid, he stuck his foot and he put his weight upon that V. And when he did, the tree separated just enough to let his foot in. And then no matter how hard he tried, he could not take his foot out. He was too young to understand that once he was gone a little bit too long, mom and dad would set out an alarm and 
there'd be a search party coming. He was too young to understand. And, and so when they found him hanging from his foot with a bullet hole in his head, it was a sad ending because in the moment of his pain, and if you've ever had your foot squeezed like that, it's a tremendous amount of pain, but it's not terminal. It's not fatal. It doesn't have to end that way. It'll cause you to grit your teeth and it'll cause you to cry out and wince, but it won't kill you. But the boy didn't know those things and the pain was so great that he took his own life. It didn't have to be that way. I am preaching to somebody today that has made a bad choice somewhere along the line. You've made maybe a series of bad choices, but it doesn't have to be fatal. It doesn't have to end this way. It doesn't have to end with your demise. God is ready to help you. Help is on the way. And today you have a chance to make a choice between life and death, between blessings and cursings. Oh, I'll tell you something. Living for God is very beneficial. You just heard the testimony of a couple of miracles today. I can't tell you how many times that God has blessed me. I can't tell you how many times that God has spared my life. I can't tell you how many times that the Lord has sent his angel and has spread his wings over me and protected me. But I want you to understand something. This choice is not just a better life. It's not just because it would be better. There are some things that will result in death. The consequence of one choice. And I'm here to tell you that when I gave my heart to God and I said, I'm going to live for Jesus no matter what. I'm going to serve the Lord no matter what. I literally was choosing life. You don't understand. Some of you just don't understand. It's not a better life with Jesus. It's life. Without him, there is no life. Without him, it's just impending death. It's sorrow. It's disappointment. It's sickness. It's worry. It's shame. All the things that come as a result of not living for Jesus with all of your heart. And heaven and earth is witness to the choice that you make today. Some of you have come to this church this morning. And you're dressed up very nicely. And I thank God for you. But nobody but you knows the hell that's been going on in your life. Nobody but you knows uh, all the stuff that you've been going through uh, and the fear that you've had, some of you, at night. And the worry and the anxiety and all the different things that you're battling. I have to tell you that help is on the way. The only thing that will destroy you is if you say, I quit, I give up. I can't do this. First of all, let me say this to you. God never would have called you if he couldn't save you. And he never would have saved you if he couldn't keep you. What the devil is telling you is a lie. You can be happy again. You can rejoice again. You can be perfectly safe behind the hedge of spikes and spears that God has placed in your life. You can go back to a normal life. This will not last forever. God is about to step in and he's going to do a great and wonderful thing. And it's important that you make the right choice. Oh, that you would choose life so that those who follow you might also live.
Your choice, my friend, will not only affect you, but I have felt in the Holy Ghost for a while that your decision is going to forever affect those who follow you. You're walking across the superhighway of life, and you've got children by the hand, and you're walking across. It's important that you look both ways. It's important that you stop, look, and listen. It's not just you that's involved here. It's those who follow after you. Oh, the consequence of one choice. I feel that so strong in the Lord. Praise God. You can make this choice by living and loving the Lord your God and obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key. This is the key. I want to stop and pray for a moment. Lord, I pray that you would open the ears. And Lord, if the enemy would resist this message, I pray, Lord God, that you would smash his resistance. And I pray, O oh God, that the will of men and the will of women, the will of boys and girls, Lord, would be subject to you, submissive to you. Lord God, that we may live and choose life, that we may serve the Lord. Lord God, all the days of our life, I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Some of my stories you've heard so many times, but there's people who haven't. And when I was a, a boy, I was just about the age of some of these boys sit on the front, and I was making a decision. Shall I go the way of the Lord, or shall I go out and have some fun? And there was a short time in my life where I was looking down both paths as, as far as I could. And being young and wanting to have fun, you know, that was a pretty hard decision for me. I remember standing across the street for a very short period of time with my friend Ronnie Martin. Ronnie Martin had the black motorcycle jacket with all the zippers. You remember those? Ronnie Martin was cool. Cigarette dangling out of the corner of his mouth. Blonde hair. Nice looking young man. And I remember after being dropped off from school, looking around, and then I walked across the street, and I stood beside Ronnie Martin. And I was making my mind up. What am I going to do? Am I going to serve the Lord? Or am I going to go out and just have fun? It just seemed like that was, those were the options, although now I look back and I realize it was life and death. I didn't realize that then. I was young. I'll never forget, I made my decision and I started carrying my Bible to school. I went to a public school. We didn't have the blessing of having a Christian school like we have today. And I had a Bible. Matter of fact, it's up on my desk right now. I still have that Bible. It's a little smaller than this and doesn't have all the study helps in it. But the Lord impressed me that after I made up my mind that I was going to need to carry my Bible to school, I had a large high school. There were thousands. I don't remember. Maybe Sister Stoops might remember. I don't know. But several hundred uh, students in Collinsville High School. So I put my books for homework and I put my Bible underneath and I started feeling guilty. That's not what I ask you to do. Well, what do you want me to do, God? He says, put the Bible on the outside. But Lord, I'm 
15 years old, and there's a lot of peer pressure out here. Put the Bible on the outside. So I took my Bible, and I put it on the outside of my school books. And I walked in, and I saw some kids looking at me. And I had my Bible on the outside of my books. And then, you remember, I was asked to speak, and I was like 16, 17. I was just below the age it's legal to go into the state penitentiary as a guest. And somehow they slipped me in there. And they marched me up to this big auditorium that was bigger than this. And I'm standing there, and I'm telling you, I think my knees were knocking together. You think that Aaron's nervous. I was really nervous. 150 to 200 inmates. And I opened my Bible, and I read out of the Scripture... And I looked down there, and to my horror and surprise, Ronnie Martin was sitting in denims, a number across his chest. Hey, what's going on, Ronnie? And I preached the gospel at the corner of Heartbreak Ridge and New Hope Road. They weren't allowed to come down. They weren't allowed to have physical contact and when it was over but I saw old hardened criminals with tears running down their faces and I watched a guard walk up and row by row they stood to attention and they turned and they marched out it was militant then very military no relaxation several years later I was taking my wife to visit her daddy's grave and you've heard me tell the story, but I stepped over a grave looking for her dad's. And I looked down, and there was the grave of Ronnie Martin. I can't tell you enough. I can't explain it to you. The importance of your choice. I can't explain to you how much consequence one choice will have an impact on the rest of your life. I can't explain to you that there is an enemy that wants you dead and there's a God that wants you alive. I can't explain to you that there's spiritual warfare going on and the goal of the warfare is you. I can't explain to you how that one choice can make such a profound difference in your walk, in your life. But I beg of you to think about your choices. I beg of you in the name of Jesus, perhaps for the last time for somebody who's listening to me. I beg of you to examine your choice and say, is this the choice of life or is this the choice of death? Is this something that I'm just doing because I prefer or is it really the devil trying to take me away from God forever? Now, therefore, if you love and obey the Lord, I'm authorized by the word of God to tell you that you will live long upon the earth. If you are respectful and love him and serve him with sincerity and you'll put away the sins which separate you from God and, and you will serve the Lord, that God is going to bless you and he's going to give you such wonderful blessings. 
And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, I am told to tell you, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me. And anybody I can have influence over in my house. We will serve the Lord. God forbid that I should forsake the Lord now. God forbid that you should forsake the Lord now. It is so important that you make the right choice. Please understand, I know there's a lot of things distracting you, but more than ever before, you need to understand that that thing that we call the rapture and the Bible calls the coming of the Lord is ready to happen now. There's not one sign, there's not one prophetic event that has to happen before Jesus can come. Our nation and our world, they are staggering and they're reeling like a drunk man. Our world is in chaos. Our nation is chaotic. The world is scared and they're running from a pandemic. But God is trying to get the attention of his people. He's trying to get the attention of the prodigals, sons and daughters. And he's saying, I'm going to get your attention. I'm going to show Shake your world, and everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Choose life. Choose life. Make the right decision. Your choice will have consequences. This is not just something that will affect you for a day or for a week. I feel in the Holy Ghost it will affect you and the children who follow after you for a very long time, if not forever. An arrogant young man tried to play a trick on his old pastor. <laughs> he told him, I have a bird in my hand. Is it alive or is it dead? And he held up the bird in his hand. He knew that if the old man of God said alive, he was going to crush it and prove him wrong. And if the old man of God said dead, he was going to open his hand and he's going to let it fly away and again prove his old pastor wrong. But the old pastor was not so easily trapped. And I remember his answer. He said, son, the answer is in your hands. It is what you choose. It's in your hands, son. The answer is what you chose. And I am so impressed of God to tell you, choice, not chance, determines your destiny. Choice, not chance, determines your destiny. You made a choice to come to the house of God. That was a good choice. Now make the second good choice of the day and say, you know what? I'm going to listen to that old preacher. I'm going to listen to what that man of God is saying. I, I, I believe that I feel something in my soul right now. I, I need to examine my choices. And I need to realize that choice, not chance, is determining my destiny and the destiny of my family. Choose Jesus. And when you do, you choose life. Somebody says, well, Paul... Almost. 
thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And I have to say to you, not to choose is to choose not to. If heaven had all the people who intended to get it right one day, if heaven was filled with people who intended to serve the Lord, and they were going to, and they kept saying, you know, he's right. I need to change my thinking on this. Somebody has been very stubborn against the Lord. And the day of you being able to backtrack, and the day of you being able to turn around and say, all right, I'm going to do what God would have me to do, is quickly coming to that point where somebody's going to have to pay the price. So today, choose Jesus, choose life. Operator 911, I need immediate assistance. I need somebody to make the right choice. The power of one choice, the consequence of one choice. And even as I speak, I know that there's someone watching or sitting here that you're in the middle of a very bad situation, but you're waking up and you're saying, in my father's house, they have it better than this. I remember when I was filled with the Holy Ghost, it was much better than this. I remember when things were going better than this. I think I will rise up. I'm making a choice. I, I'm going to get up and I'm going I'm to go to my father. And I will say, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But father said, bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. There's one more choice that you need to be aware about. God made a choice for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God made a choice. He said, I see your condition. I see how miserable you are. I see the trajectory of your life. I see that you're headed for a miserable life and then a miserable eternity. I'll be back, angels. I've made a choice. And God provided himself a lamb. And he said, nail my hands. Nail my feet. I will die so he can live. I will die so she can live. Don't talk to me about your independence. 
Don't talk to me about your rights. Don't talk to me about how you want it this way or how you want it that way. I'm going to tell you that God made a choice. And the choice he made was to give it all up to save you. And the best deal I ever drove in my entire life was when I lost it all to gain everything. The best deal I ever drove in my life was when I said, not my will, thy will be done. But God, you've led me to a Red Sea and I don't see any way across. Just trust in the Lord. But Lord, this makes sense. This makes so much sense. Trust in the Lord. What are you doing? I'm purposefully taking you to the Red Sea so you can see my glory. God, I don't understand why would you allow this or, or why would you allow that? Father, not my will. Thy will be done. The consequence of one choice. I can't get away from it. On a stormy day in a little plane several years ago, the wind was pushing harder and harder against me. And the clouds were closing in. The air traffic controller said, November 5566 Romeo, how many souls are on board? I said, one. But God made a way. And that day when I landed, air traffic control came on and said, I'm glad you're safe on the ground. I'm here to say to somebody today that God has given you opportunity after opportunity. And I don't know why you're waiting, but he's given you opportunity after opportunity to make the right choice. And I'm telling you, for good or for bad, your choice is going to have a consequence. Now choose life. That both you and your children can rejoice around the throne. And that both you and your children can live long upon the earth. And enjoy what God. You know what? The devil's trying to tell somebody, you're going to die. You're not going to live. You're going to die. To I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus Christ. With long life shall he satisfy you, is what Psalm 91 said. I'm going to put my trust in you, Jesus. And now if you'd bow your heads with me and close your eyes with me. I know there's some that probably think, what's that old preacher? Why does he have to preach like that? Why can't he just say some nice things that make me feel warm and fuzzy and like everything I'm doing is okay and no matter what I do, it's, it's going to be all right because Jesus loves me. Well, I can't do that because that's not what the book says. It says, choose. And there's going to be a consequence of choice. 
Now, it can be a good consequence. I'm married to my high school sweetheart. I got married at age 19, and now I'm 65. I'm still happily married. It's a good choice. Good consequence. Somebody needs to make a choice, a right choice today. You can't go in the wrong direction and arrive at the right destination. It just can't happen. I don't care how many times you say, I love Jesus. You can't go in the wrong direction and arrive at the right destination. It just can't happen. You've got to be willing to turn around and say, okay, I'm going to make some changes in my life. I'm making a choice. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. There's somebody that ought to be getting up and walking to an altar and saying, God, it's not my brother. It's not my sister. It's me. I need to make a better choice. I need to make a good choice. I choose life. I, I choose life. I'm going to make the right choice. A good choice. One of my ministerial friends that's gone to be with the Lord now, used to sing, just to walk with him means everything to me. I can still see him singing it. Just to walk with him means everything to me. Just to walk with Jesus means everything to me. Is there anybody that wants to make the right choice? Hey, hey, you started out to do this. Do it with all your heart. There's somebody watching you, Mom. They're going to do what you do. There's somebody watching you, Dad. They're going to they're do what you do. Your choice is going to have a consequence. As for me and my house. We shall serve the Lord. I'm going to live for you, Jesus. I'm going to live for you, Jesus. I see folks coming, and I appreciate so very much. But I'm still waiting for somebody. The Holy Ghost is not done. I'm still waiting for somebody to say, God... I remember one time when I was on fire for you. Now it's just a flickering flame. But Lord, I want the Holy Ghost and fire back in my life again. I want to serve you with all of my heart. There's somebody that's watching online right now. I pray for you, my friend. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would fall on your face right now and say, God, I'm making a right choice. I'm making the good choice. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The consequence of one choice. 
Just to walk with Him means everything to me. Just to know He's there, His hand is near. I've seen the faithfulness